Watch it, boys racing. Yeah, we got didn't we one week later actually i need to make sure that i do edit this in time but one <laughs> week later we are back for episode 51 of the paddlers pod because there is paddling without video though without video well well look dude we, you, you've, you've really taken the the air out of my tires but at the very least for everyone <laughs> who is listening at the moment uh who has subscribed on their favorite podcast listening platform they didn't know that um, i'm sure they would have picked it up in time but look we'll We'll figure that out another week because we do need to talk about paddling because so there is a lot on. starting to happen around the world. My name is Sam Jordan. Mackenzie Heinard is on the other microphone. Maka, how are you? Yes, Sam. I'm amazing. Uh, for anyone amazing. that cares, I, I do got, like that. I'm amazing. Do you know why? Because I got my follow-up x-ray after 13 weeks and I'm cleared to run. So, Oh, yeah. Things are looking up. For anyone That's wants to great sp- news. For anyone that wants to sprint finish me, next week's your week because after that, I'm going to be flying. Jeez, that's a, uh, a big decision for you to make. Are you going to go out there and run on it straight away? I might go for a little jog tonight, yeah. Yeah, be careful. I know. Be careful. It's the last thing we need, you rolling an ankle or going over on it. That's for sure. <gasps> Yeah, very arch support shoes on the flattest surface I can find. But yeah, that's why I'm amazing, Sam. That is why. And for good reason as well, Maka. And uh, and a good time to be feeling amazing too because it's starting to happen. We are now into the month of November and this is what Ooh. is going to be arguably the biggest month of racing in the history of our sport. It all starts to wind up in South Africa this weekend with the Pete Marlin. We have the Hong Kong Dragon Run just around the corner, the Shore and Partners WA Race Week, and Dr. $180,000 is on that week before we finish it off with the ICF Ocean Racing World Championships in Perth. Are you ready? I think so. I bloody better be, right? Well... I'm not, but it's happening anyway, Marcus, so we may as well it's rolling get on without you. stuck right into it because it has begun here in Australia, the 20 Beaches Ocean Classic in Sydney last weekend, and that is where we're going to start this episode. In fact, we're going to have a special themed power plays on this Ooh. episode, a 20 Beaches themed power plays to kick things off. The Peddler's Pod Power Plays. And fittingly brought to you by Vi Kobe, Pat Langley, one of the organizers of the 20 Beaches Ocean Classic, and Vi Kobe, a longtime partner of the event as well. Number five. A big shift for the 20 Beaches this year, too. Normally, this race is held two weeks after the Doctor, that first or second weekend of December. But after last year, when I think we can say everyone turned up pretty tired after a huge week of racing in <laughs> Perth. The organisers put their hands up and said, no, we need to make sure that we change what time of year it is being held to breathe a bit more life into the event. So the decision was made to bring it forward to October to kick off this run in terms of major races. And you'd have to say it was... as. And you'd have to say it was an overwhelming success as well. Now, I wasn't there, Macker. I was at a <laughs> wedding down south. You were there racing. In terms of the atmosphere of the event, in terms of the conditions that we saw, how did you see it all unfold? I thought, I mean, I think it was a smart um, business decision, but also a smart decision just for the, the general paddler, um, like we said. And like we've just spoken about, this is probably going to be the biggest month of paddling uh, the world of ocean paddling has ever seen. And so to have 20 beaches, you know, another week after the world championships, or if it was two weeks after, just before Christmas, would have been really hard to achieve. There still wouldn't have been an international contingent because they would have spent so long in Perth. Um, so, yeah, there was a decline in international participation, but I think there was a steady rise in national participation as everyone looked for a good lead-up race and, and not to take anything away from the the event itself. It was an amazing event. It holds so much so much prestige. It's I believe it's the longest running event in Australia. So they they have that that history there. Um and you know, every, like everyone's vying for that top spot. The conditions were 
great. Um, they weren't as fast as last year. I guess the further you get into summertime here in Australia, the, the more wind occurs, um, whether that's a southerly or a nor'easter, there's just generally more around. But there was a strong southerly the days prior. It was actually maybe a little big bit out of Big swell too, right? Yeah, big swell. It, it, it did significantly drop off for the race, which I think is maybe a sigh of relief for event organizers because oh, it would have been... Thank God, in- a week out. A week out, everyone's looking at that forecast thinking we're not racing again. <laughs> yeah, or you're just racing in the flat water, which is which is not what we wanted to do. And it would have been a bit of a shame after the cancellation of North Bondi to have a follow-up of not the exact event that they wanted to run on the Australian Ocean Racing Series. But yeah, nonetheless, I thought it was an amazing shift. Um, I can't speak specifically for the entry numbers, but it did feel like there was a ton around um, and it felt like the vibe was high and everyone was enjoying the opportunity to race a little bit earlier. I like that. A vibes-based assessment as well of of what the numbers (laughs) were. Like The numbers were strong and that was actually one of the reasons that the organizers of this race did look to bring it forward too because they did find that last year the numbers were a little bit down i think a lot of people just so exhausted after the shore and partners wa race week which actually is also a good way to kind of end the year obviously we've got the world championships this year too it's pretty hard to kind of for people to get up for another race after a week of racing and then a world titles this year so i think that was a big success um you mentioned those conditions there i think that was a great call as well just in terms well actually I say great call, a great call by Mother Nature, just not to ruin another race. I think that, yeah. was, I think that was pretty good. I think there was a lot of relief because when that southerly came through in the days leading up to the 20 beaches, it was blowing. And the surf was huge too. But yeah, I mentioned those entries, 232 all up across the different categories and disciplines as well. That is up on last year. Uh, so a justified decision for the 20 beaches organizers and you mentioned longest running next year. I didn't realize this at the time. Next year, 30th edition of the 20 beaches. Wow. So no doubt that's going to be another really big one. Uh, so much to celebrate over the years too. You know, the Steve Wood Trophy and the Yander Morrison Trophy for the women. That's the men's and women's trophy that everyone's racing for. They're going to be on show next year. 30 years, a big one for the organizers. Number four. So let's really quickly run through that top five as well. In fifth place in the men's, Mackenzie Heinard. Fourth, Oscar Jones. Third, Tom Norton. Second, Jackson Collins. And first, Corey Hill. On the women's side of things, in fifth was Jasmine Locke. Fourth, Kate Regan. Third, Judith Verges Zifra, the Spanish paddler. Second, Emily Doyle. And first, Gemma Smith. Now, we are going to speak about both of our winners of the men's and women's a little bit further on in our power plays. But to kick things off, Macro, I just wanted to point out a couple of people that did catch my eye and did stand out on both the men's and women's side of things. Oscar Jones. from afar. Oscar Jones. We've spoken about him a bit so far throughout this Australian Ocean racing season. He has been banking these results, but there is a distinct difference between doing it at the start of the year at events like your Bridge to Beach where Corey Hill normally banks a sixth or a seventh or something like that <laughs> and, and your Foster weekend to doing it now at the business time. There was not much separating two, three, and four in the men's. I think there was about th- uh, 30 seconds or so from Jacko Collins to Oscar. That's big boy paddling. He's right up there now with the leading paddlers in Australia. He's got to take a lot of confidence out of that, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you're spot on the money there, right? Like this is big boy paddling, big boy time. There's so many races of note and this is certainly one that um, having a good result here is a huge stepping stone into what the the rest of the races in the season have to offer and what you can offer. Um, I think you should be taking extreme confidence out of it uh there's some he's you know got some he's right up there with the top paddlers um and you know he's really showing that he's a force to be reckoned with right i think one of his biggest things is maybe um you saw it in the race unfold like looking you know maybe i'm giving him too much away here but like uh seeing where other people are and he was like always going to where they are and then oh shit Corey's out there I'll go there or Tom's in there like he's a good enough paddler to just race on his own right and I think if he can put that race together where like he believes in his confidence you know he went past he probably took the lead at about 8k so like if he can run with that 
you know, I really think that he's, he's put himself in good stead for an amazing result in these next couple of races. Love it. Maka, how's your stead? Fifth place for you at the 20 beaches. <laughs> uh, I do want to mention Sam Norton was in sixth as well, and then it was a little bit of a gap back to the rest of the field, but you were right in that dice. Um, I don't know. Then you fucked up by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, I had a bit of a blunder between. Thanks for that. I love there's no uh there's no buttering it up on this podcast. We'll butter it up for you, but if it's between you and I, it's um yeah, I had a bit of a, a lapse between about ten and twelve K, which probably cost me dearly. Ideally my goal was top three. I think that would have been a great stepping stone, but having looked at how close they were like Tom was pretty comfortably in second until Jacko and Oscar were racing and Jacko was able to come come across come over the top of Tom in those dying stages of the race which is a brutal way to end into a headwind and into the tide there um, on the pit water but yeah look even if I if I if I was with Tom I still would have finished fifth because I at that point had to walk up the beach so I can't be too disheartened with it I was right there in the hunt Um, I'm pretty keen to see what I can do in the next couple of races, because I'm going to try and race as much as I can till the world champs, that's what I'm missing. That's what I love. And that's what I think is going to make me a, a better paddler is doing as much racing, which there's no, I haven't hide or hid behind that. I think I told everyone that's what you should be doing in the lead up. So I'm feeling good. I think it's great signs, Macca. I think you should take a lot of confidence out of that as well. Oh, oh, thanks, you, could, you, you could hop up the beach too, mind you. You don't have to walk. You could really get those one-legged single bounds happening up the sand. I um, could, but there wasn't, there wasn't quite of a need. But uh, maybe if I needed to. Hey, just on Tommy Norton, like, is there a worse thought in paddling than Jack O'Collins coming at you in the last K of a flat water race? Like, I think that, that literally is nightmare fuel, that kind of thing. Um very very <laughs> tough racing between the two of those at the finish five seconds separated them at the finish there um just to really quickly fly across some of the other standouts across the categories too harry torrens um he won the under 23 ski he was eighth overall he's getting better and better with every race as well yeah. one of the sydney northern beaches paddlers um a really impressive turnout of junior paddlers too zico vesely sneaking inside that top 10 he was one place in about 30 seconds ahead of Alex Woodhouse. Taj Krellen there too. He trains with you on the Gold Coast, Macca. Really nice battle between all of them, but you cannot look past the over 50 categories. That is arguably the most violent, the most competitive category <laughs> in all of these races. And coming into that end of year, tell you what, the man to beat looks like Jim Walker. I would love to know what kind of paddle he uses or... Yeah, um, maybe spec ski that he uses, Jimmy. We'll have to ask him that. But him no, 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 Mr. Race 1. Mr. Race 1 is putting that craft to good use. He is flying. He was inside that top 10 and he's looking really strong as well coming into the Shore and Partners WA Race Week. Sam, something I completely escaped my mind is was the return of Tim Jacobs. Oh. And it was a very, it was a very short return because in the first five minutes of the race, lo and behold... We didn't know this till after, and I was expecting him to come breathing down my neck as the last kilometers edged closer as he normally does. But uh, that was not to be the case because his rudder had fallen out. Oh no! So the short, the short return of Tim Jacobs. I'm going to give myself a shout out here because I've beaten Team Jacobs now. I never did it before, and afterwards he actually said to me doesn't count you can't count it and i was like i'm counting it 100 percent. well my question for you Macker, is someone who was dnf the race twice because of a rudder malfunctioning one was oscar jones's fault let's not shy away from that and two the second time was the world championships when someone jammed it, it was the spanish paddler who i can't remember never saw him again besides the point Macca, <laughs> he never wanted to how, see how does your rudder fall out of your own ski like, this is Tim's backyard we're paddling in. He hasn't flown somewhere and had to set up his ski. I'm not accusing him of anything, but do you have anything to accuse TJ of in terms of his uh, rudder no, flying out? but it is interesting. I believe the ski he's paddling on is the same one he raced the 2013 World Championships on, or close to. I don't think it was that far away that he had that ski. So we're talking the ski's over 10 years old, not to say that he doesn't take amazing care of it, no doubt he does, but I mean, there is a there is a lifetime on these things, and maybe we'd have got to check up on certain parts. I'm guilty of not checking yeah. up on them, so I'm not going to hold him accountable. 
Hey, so am I. <laughs> I'm more than guilty. I'm convicted twice, <laughs> twice. of not, of not <laughs> having my rudder set two up. Times conviction. Yeah, two times I'm, I'm a two-time two time offender. But that is a real shame. But it was I great know. to see TJ back on the start line of a race. Look, I think what it does, man, is that he's just going to have to do another one. Well, he's coming to Worlds. So I'm actually more concerned that his rudder fell out because now he's going to be real pissed off, um, which is not great for anyone. Maybe you might have to take a little look at his rudder before the race. <laughs> take, so anyway, take on to again. the next one. On to the next one. <laughs> Number three. All right, that's the men. Now let's chat about the women. And there is plenty to chat about as well. Some really eye-catching results too. We did mention before that Judith Virgis Zifra is here from Spain. A few episodes, back, you actually told everyone about the fact that she was here for the cooling out of gold and was doing these run of races up to the World Championships. She had a really close battle with Emily Doyle. And I wanted to actually single out Emily too. She finished second overall. She finished 15 seconds ahead of Judith. And about three minutes or so behind Gemma Smith too. But Emily Doyle is an Ironwoman. She was in the Nutrigrain Ironwoman series last year. Had her first real taste of ocean ski racing last season when she kind of did these run-up of races to the Shore and Partners WA Race Week. Um, Emily learning to ski paddle at Newport Surf Club under the likes of you know Luke Morrison, the coach, Mitchell Trims there, Jake Reese, um, even ocean pa- ski paddlers like me kicking around from time to time. But... <laughs> She actually sat out a Nutrigrain Ironwoman trial run-through that her surf club Northcliffe were doing that weekend to come down and race 20 beaches. She's an Ironwoman, Maka, but that's ski paddling stuff, isn't it? That's the kind of thing a ski paddler would do. Yeah, big like we talk about the big boys paddling of Oscar, big big girl paddling of... Actually, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) I think that's not fair. Can we please cut that out? Does Can we not? Happen? Can we not cut that out? <laughs> yeah, I know you'll leave it in there. I'm gonna leave it in. Emily, I think we all know amazing. what you were. I think we all know what you were talking about. Yeah, it's it's powerful stuff, and she is, you know, positioning herself um, in a very strong position for the remainder of the year. I believe she's going across to the WA Race Week. Um, not sure about the World Championships, but I mean, nice, nice little um, kitty for her to pick up four grand yeah i'd yeah. probably ta- yeah i'd probably not go to the nutri trial run through too sorry Northcliffe, but 4k well you know what actually maca we we did actually allude to this um on the last episode but we may as well celebrate it as a power play if, in fact in hindsight this would have been a good power play to do on its own this is the richest race <laughs> in australia 20 beaches as far as standalone races go you know we and i'm sure we're going to talk about this on the lead up to the shore and partners wa race week too but you know its prize money has come off in terms of the doctor. They're not put as much, putting as much money on the doctor anymore. Um, we're putting more money on things like the Dash for Cash and the Hotspot. Maybe that's a conversation for another day. But in terms of the biggest standalone paychecks, you're getting it here at 20 Beaches. So that's a pretty astute decision from Emily Doyle, isn't it? To, <laughs> no, to make the decision to come down. Great business decision, yeah. What would you get if you actually won the, the Northcliffe trial run-through? Would you get a, a beer at the club or? No, you'd probably have to pay for it. Okay, well, as a former employee of the club, there you go. I'm sure you can make a ruling on that. In fact, you know what? If you got <laughs> if you got second if you got second at the actual Nutrigrain rounds itself, you might get a beer and a burger at the as your prize too, because there's not that much money in that racing anymore, is there? Um, but yeah, that's I a, do that's a good point. Wow. Yeah, look back on back on the women's racing that we were talking about. Do just also want to make a point of talking about the fact that. Sixth, seventh, eighth, that's Phoebe Woodhouse, Eliza Monaghan, Sasha Torrens. There was 10 seconds between them. Oh, it's not how you want to finish. Well, it's not how you want to finish, but it's good for us to see that we are getting that depth of racing all the way through too. So outstanding, close racing for those places all around, but only two people could walk away as winners. Number two. And in the women's, that was Gemma Smith. She was far too strong for this field, about three minutes ahead of Emily Doyle in second. And although Gem did say it was a good hit out, she said it was a challenging race. She was never really challenged in terms of that victory. Um, Maki, you're the newsman now of this podcast. I've taken a back seat. You declared on the last episode that Danielle McKenzie was coming over. You were wrong. Um, firstly, how do you feel about that? And secondly, how do you feel Gemma's <laughs> traveling as she comes into these races at the end of the year? Oh, you were not letting me go on this one. Uh, yeah, sorry about the bum steer, listeners. Uh, that That's on me. I was right about all the other things 
her return to New Zealand, her and the kayaks oh, and yeah, coming yeah, to the yeah. Coolangatta yeah. Gold. So I think I'm still on a win here. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a bit of a shame to not see that showdown. But you know, like we said, so much racing coming up. There's going to be plenty of it leading into the later part of this year and uh, later part of this month and early into next month for the World Championships. Uh, Gemma's in great form, right? I think she always yeah. is. Yeah. You know, she's just like Mrs. Consistency, really. In the last God since she's joined the ocean paddling world, like has she ever had a bad race? No, I reckon it'd be point. pretty hard hard-pressed to find it in fact she doesn't really have bad sessions um i am back on the water <laughs> not when you're looking actually... at the back of her ski no well that's right i've actually paddled twice this week um and couldn't really get through this morning session um with the shoulder which is a bit of a shame but um we'll save that for another day because what i have seen in these two sessions that i've done this week is is a different Gemma smith um just in terms of like I'm watching her paddle from a distance, admittedly, on, on Tuesday morning on a flat water session um, as I got further and further behind as the effort grew on. But there's just that, you know, bit of aggression, bit of, you know, bit of energy in the catch with every stroke, like the ratings looking quite high. Um, there was a really good video that you can actually go and see um, of the Jackson Borg. Yeah, Jackson Borg, the surf Ironman posted it the other day, right? Pelt. Now, Borgie was flying. Now, Borgie is an Ironman who's doing the Nutrigrain trials. The session was sets of four two-minuters on the lake. Borgie was doing um, four sets of two 30-seconders. So that's that's good for Borgie to be flying like that, but he wasn't doing the full thing. But if you have a keen eye, what you can see <laughs> in, in the these videos is Jake Reese, who is an Australian champion paddler in the relay, in the double. He's right up there in the single as well. Um Jake Reese getting his ass handed to him by Gemma Smith in these two minutes. I think fact, I think he was sitting on wash, actually. When Borgie posted the video, actually, Jake, who I now live with, uh, did say, oh, fuck, Borgie's, Borgie's put it out there. I'm getting hammered by Gemma. But you know what? He was like Gemma in these back end of these efforts. Like she's not slowing up at all. She's looking mm-hmm. really fit now. And I think it's coming together really well for her because, you know, she's going to need to be finishing off efforts like that because... You know how it's going to go. I can kind of start writing the race reports really for every race at the race week. And that is Gemma and Danielle McKenzie will be battling to the end. There's just there's just no two ways about that. That is just what they do. And I can't wait for another installment this year. The only thing I was going to make mention of is I don't believe she's going for the kayak dream at the moment. So her sole focus is ocean paddling and, and surf ski related well, spec ski related paddling but it's mainly ocean ski paddling right now which i think is a dangerous space for everyone else her full attention is focused on that race week doctor world championship title goal look out she's uh she's certainly flying coming to the business time of year number one we've spoken about the quality that the men's field did offer in the 20 beaches this time around but you can't really look past the quality of what Corey Hill produced on the day. He's had a couple of these kind of races now where he hasn't just beaten his competitors. He's overcome some pretty big obstacles on the way there too. We think about Molokai that we did speak about a few episodes ago. And I say a few episodes, it was like a year ago, but it was a few episodes ago because we've recorded <laughs> so few this year. So bad. But it was one of Corey's best this week. And I think the confidence that he's taken from it is really going to put the paddling world on notice. Now, the Hill family, all five of them now, three boys, all young, two, all a handful. I think it's fair to say lots of energy as well. (laughs) The Hill family, they stopped for a couple of nights in Coffs Harbour on their way down to Sydney. They were driving down. Corey had his ski on his roof because there aren't too many skis getting around Sydney at the moment. They've all been shipped to Perth for the race week. When... Corey said he was packing up the apartment and he felt a little bit ill in his stomach and had a little spew. No stress. It's the day before the race. Nothing wrong with having a spew. But he said when he got 15 minutes down the road into that drive heading for Sydney and he had to stop again and spew and turn the car around and drive back to the Gold Coast that he was, you know, he was pretty upset. Like he thought that he knows how important this race is, not just on the road to these big races at the end of the year, but also to him. By this point, he had won three times at the 20 beaches and he wanted to win it even more, put his name on that Steve Wood trophy and he wasn't going to get the chance. So the family's all sick. The kids are spewing. I think everyone's pretty upset. 
They got back home. Corey went to sleep for a few hours. And when he woke up, the idea was putting his head that, what if I'm going to wake up okay tomorrow? And after a conversation with his wife, Lani, who was always so supportive of his racing, Corey at 2.30 booked a flight for 6 o'clock. He rang Dean and said, can you get me a ski that I can use for the race? Dean said, yeah, I actually have one that you can use. He flew to Sydney. He stayed at the airport hotel when he eventually got there. For breakfast, he had a muesli bar, he uh, banana bread from a servo too. Um, then he drove out for the race and did the race. Now, by Corey's, I guess, recollection, he said he started the race shit. His exact words. You can read the article that's now up on the pad. I won't go into all the details, but he said that the lesson that he took away from this race, he started to come into it and then eventually got away from Tom Norton at about that 10 kilometer mark and he didn't look back, was that for him... It's another example of how you can just overthink things. And I guess the the analogy that he used, which is a pretty good one when he puts it like this, is how many sessions do you do where you feel shit getting on the water, but you have a really great session? And how many sessions do you have where you feel really great getting on the water, but you have a bad session? Corey pointed out the fact that he trains Macca with you and with Tom Norton, two of the best paddlers in the world. And there are some days he gets on going, I'm feeling great. And he's like a minute behind you guys on efforts. And there's a, there's times when he feels horrible, but then he beats you guys. It's it's another string to his bow of, wait, is that the same? String I don't to know. You've used it twice now. Let's just keep running with it. Have I used it? We can, it? We can just I, own have it. Have I used you, it twice? You, you owned, yeah, you owned it last time. It doesn't so make kept... sense. String to bow. Like, does it? Like, you only have one... You only have one... String on a bow. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just... Googling. If someone has more than one string to their bow, they have more than one ability. It doesn't... It's ridiculous. He has... He's added another arrow to his quiver now, which is the understanding that he can overcome these things and claim victory. Maka, I think it's one of his most impressive performances. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um, it's r- super impressive. Like, Corey is um, an impressive athlete, always has been. We talk about consistency. He's certainly been the most consistent paddler over the last... Oh, we're almost going back eight years now, right? Since Molokai 2015, his first win. Um, you know, he's like he prides himself on being top three on a podium wherever he goes, and very rarely has he not achieved that. Um, but to, to win, he, he you know to win continuously and in the face of adversity. I mean, I do admire it all the time. I certainly don't have, you know, the whole kid thing to deal with, and like racing's hard enough, right? Just trying to turn up, feeling your best, your best, and putting your best foot forward. But you're right. Like sometimes your your best race doesn't come from you doing all the right things. It just comes from being in the right headspace some of it is just how bad do you want it on the day right you can almost come overcome anything you want it doesn't really matter if you've had bad prep or all the rest like i mean it does factor into it but you know the mental aptitude and the mental toughness and will in wanting to win that that's something that's you know forged over time and if you do it time and time again, I think you just become more proficient at it. And it's easier to draw on when the time comes. God, can you imagine how much Corey hated talking about excuses? Yeah, I don't think anyone was It was, it was nauseating how much he, he hated talking about the fact that, you know, the family was sick. But look, one thing that he did point out um, was that that acknowledgement, that, that awareness that, you know, this time of year, things do come together for Corey. You know, he's Mr. November. Um, you pin him up on your calendar. You probably use that shot of him running. Maybe you ask him to take his shirt off. You know, he's he's Mr. November on the pinup calendar because this is when he does all of his best work. Like he's won that doctor. Oh, we're testing numbers now off the top of my head. But he's won the doctor three times, four times. It's Let's one of the two. Um, he's won the dragon run four times. He's won 20 beaches three times. Like this is when... Corey gets into his work and he knows that's happening now. Um, for what it's worth, check out the article online. I actually specifically put to him the fact that he's now posting more on social media and that he is talking about redemption. Um, and I did ask him you know, how much last year hurt him. He laughed for a long time 
about the social media. Um, he said some <laughs> stuff that was off the record um, and can't be repeated. But then he, he did concede, you know, like, yeah, last year, you know, kind of did hurt. He, he, he thinks it's quite funny that a lot of people were saying to him after the doctor last year, Corey, what happened? He's like, I do understand that any day where you can line up in the biggest race of the year and three people beat you in the world, that you've done okay. But he said, yeah, I take a lot of pride in winning what he calls the majors, which is, you know, these big races at this time of year. And he said, I think that more people are starting to understand that when I go to Bridge to Beach this year and come fifth, it's because it's building towards these races because these are the ones that I want to win. So uh, yeah, things are really starting to come together. And after a race like this, I can, Macra, I cannot wait for what's about to unfold over the next month. It is going to be so good to see, right? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be cool to see when the South African-Australian rivalry comes together for that first event, right? Oh, That first West Coast downwinder. Oh, no, sorry, incorrect. Next weekend in Hong Kong is going to be our first chance. Everyone's going to... Yeah, everyone's going to be in the same place racing for the Dragon Run, which has come back onto the calendar for international paddlers. So that's very exciting. Um, well, that race coming back onto the calendar, you know, there's the likes of all the South African crew, Hank McGregor, the Fenn brothers, uh, Cora and myself are heading over. You've got Gordon and Klaus coming out from Europe. It's it's going to be like that, that test ahead of the big events. Well, that is... I can't say ahead of the big events, like every race. They're on. Like, the big they're events on. are on. This is it. It's happening. You, I didn't even know you were going to Hong Kong. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What are you paying to get pissed and lose your phone on Saturday night after the race? <laughs> how many How many phones you know have what? you lost? Three? Do you know what? It's uh, twi- two. 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 Okay. Okay. It's a great spot in Hong Kong for anyone that uh, needs a nightlife. <laughs> Highly recommend, uh, but no, I'm, I reckon I'm paying zero dollars because I'm on a flight home Saturday night for the first time ever. Smart. We're getting grown up here. We're getting grown up. Wow, did Sky book that flight? Yeah, Your girlfriend. No. That's actually not a, <laughs> that's actually not a bad shout. <laughs> um, oh no, I'm getting grown up, but I'm sure she's probably all for it. Yeah, exactly right. Hey, for everyone getting hyped too about the racing, go and go and watch last year's. Shore and Partners WA Race Week TV show that we made because I did that the other day. It got me really excited for paddling. But there's one pumped. thing that Corey says at the very end of the show that I think is particularly interesting this time of year was that, you know, we were reflecting on South Africa dominating Australia. You know, we know about that article that, that we wrote after it. The South Africans going to lunch the day before the doctor and saying, hey, we need to get our shit together because we're being embarrassed here. And they did it the next day is that Corey said, you know what, next year when we come back, we're not going to forget this. You know, we, we have some national pride to restore as well, and that kind of adds to this battle too. Um, South Africa's season really hitting overdrive uh, with the Pete Marlin in East London this weekend. That is going to be a huge race, and there's going to be a lot to dissect. We're going to preview that one in just a moment after a word from our sponsors. Well, Pat Langley has packed up the flags from the 20 Beaches Ocean Classic, a race that he helps to organize. He's loading the truck and he is getting ready to head to Perth for the Shore and Partners WA Race Week, where Vi Kobe will have the full setup. And they saved me on more than one occasion last year, Macca, because they have every single thing that you need set up there in the big top 10 and also probably the most impressive installation on show as well. There is so much there. So if you're heading across to Western Australia for both the Worlds and the Race Week, be sure to check out Pat and the team because they're going to have it all on show. Um, Maka, have you done your list of things to pack yet? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I was about to say if if anyone's as bad as you at remembering things, then yeah, they're going yeah, to be fortunate yeah. enough because it's all going to be there ready for them. I'm probably all right. I reckon I've got my list pretty down pat. I've got my, yeah, I just like racing in shorts and a t-shirt, life jacket life jacket at the ready. I'm the front pouch type of guy for the water pot, the water bottle at the front. Leg leash ready to go. Um, I know when I have that, I'm right. Well, you are a front pouch kind of life jacket guy. I'm a zip up kind of guy. Vicobi uh, sell both of them. Hey, just question without notice. Can you, is there anything off the top of your head that you can think of any time where you've forgotten something crucial? Like, what's the most important thing that you've forgotten for a race? Oh, paddle? 
Have you forgotten a paddle have to I, a race? Have I ever forgotten? I used to forget paddle to go training all the time. I don't know yeah, if I ever did a killer. it for a race. Gee, some of the great ones spring out to mind too. Like, you know, let's name him. Two episodes in a row, he's going to get named. Greg Tobin forgetting his rudder for the doctor oh, when he went across yeah. to Rodness Island. Like, there is a lot of good <laughs> examples of people forgetting stuff. But look, whatever you do forget, don't stress. Like, Hobie's going to be selling it at all of these major races coming up. Maka, you did actually, when you came to Sydney for the... Uh, the North Bondi Classic that didn't end up running. It was about 15 degrees. You only packed shorts, shorts and a t-shirt. And t-shirt. Um, so maybe, if look, if, if there's a cold snap in Perth, don't stress. Vicobi will have the full range. They'll have the UV range. They'll have the V cold range. They'll have life jackets. They'll have all of their accessories as well. We are going to need accessories for the races. Don't forget those leashes. They're going to be getting checked. Um, you can get it all from vicobi.com and in person at these major races over the next month. It is arguably the most competitive surf ski race on the South African calendar. The Pete Marlin Classic in East London is about to fire up for another weekend. And when I say fire up, I'm specifically talking about that final point that has claimed more than one casualty over the past few years as well, because these races are close and everyone does not want to give it an inch. To preview the race, we've got in touch with a man who is... A little bit more on the beat than we are at the moment in terms of the South African racing. And that is the great, the legendary, the first ever guest of the Paddlers pod. No, that was Sean Rice. Sean. Uh, But you know what? He was the third ever guest. I do remember that now that I've said it out loud. (laughs) Third ever guest, first in our hearts. David Mocker has previewed the race for us. Hello to all the passionate listeners of the Paddlers pod. This weekend in South Africa, we have our national championship, the SA Champs. It's the Pete Marlin Surf Ski Race. And I've got to tell you that in terms of consistency over the years, the Pete Marlin has always delivered. This is one of South Africa's top, top races. In fact, if there's one race I'd recommend you come over and do, you need to come and do the Pete Marlin Surf Ski Race. It never disappoints in terms of what it delivers. It's a fantastic race and a fantastic coastline, delivering all the conditions that a surf ski paddler wants from, from an event. This year, our national championship, and also just a few weeks before we head over to the big stage in Australia to do the world championships. This is definitely a big hit out for our top paddlers. Conditions for this year's Pete Marlin race and the SA Champs are once again looking absolutely sublime with a southwesterly wind blowing uh, on the singles day, we'll race from south to north, and it delivers some wonderful downwind conditions. A bit of a tricky finish around a point, some surf breaks, always mixing things up there, and I'm sure you've seen the footage before of guys getting it wrong. So there's always a bit of an exciting finish. And, yeah, the field this year looks... looks it's, it's, a, it's a South African surf ski race, so there's always going to be a lot of paddlers. A lot of the top guys are not making it just because of... Uh, a, a wedding so a few of our top guys like nick Norton and kenny rice jasper uh, mocker not going to be here this weekend that doesn't mean that the field isn't stacked uh, in the in the guys i mean certainly in the ladies field there are at least oh, i'm just looking at the list here one two three four five six seven eight nine ten ladies in the mix there i'm going to say that in the ladies field you're going to have to go a long way to, to pip Kira Besta. She's paddling very well at the moment. But looking out uh, at this field, there, Kira Besta, Candace Starr, Nick Spurkett, and uh, Saskia Hockley probably going to be vying for the top step there. Look out for Jade Wilson, Pippa McGregor, and uh, Chloe Bunnett as well. And there's a few juniors in the mix there, Georgia Singer and Holly Smith and Christy, Christy Shimpton. So a new breed of juniors coming through. Then, yeah, in the guys race, look, I'm going to say that between uh, Uli Hart and Mark Keeling from the Cape, you've got to look out for the locals here, Josh and Matt, Matthew Fenn, who are the locals and paddling seriously well. Hank McGregor always going to push for a podium and for a win, and he's probably he's always going to be a, a threat there. Then uh, a few of the other guys, like uh, Zach Prizer from the Cape paddling well, Daniel Jacobs, always he's in the national team paddling well, Luke LaRue, and another local here from East London, Andy Burkett. So, yeah. A, uh, a strong field here for the national championships vying for the honours. We'll see what happens tomorrow and uh, looking forward to an exciting race. 
There is a bit to unpack there. Thank you very much, Dav. I cannot wait to see him down under in Australia this year. But before we chat about that, we actually have a little bit of insights from four of the locals as well. Nikki Burkett, Andy Burkett, and Josh and Matthew Fenn have spoken to the organizers of the race in a video that did go online. A short one, here it is. looking forward to it. I think uh, some inside info is always pretty useful for the race and uh, so I've heard, heard a rumour, I just want to clarify whether it's true or not from uh, Josh and Matt, currently in the Fen household that only eat fish caught in East London lead up to the race. So I want to hear first is that true and secondly what is their, their strategy to win the race this year? Absolutely, yeah, but if it's, uh, if it's not caught nearby, we don't need it, as well as honey, it has come from our own bees, so that's definitely the, the strategy that we have to clear that up. Um, yeah, as well as local knowledge, very important, so if you're not from East London, I mean, well done for participating, but it's not worth racing for the winner anyway. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to host everyone and uh, have a lucky weekend. And uh, most importantly, don't follow Hank around the points, because he usually takes for crayfish, so sounds about right. And Josh is not wrong at the end of that. Watch (laughs) out for that point. He's called out Hank McGregor. Um, I don't know. Should you be doing that at this time of year? Probably not. I'm probably not calling out Hank. What about those cheeky Fen boys? Gee, Matt's got a personality. He's got some cheek to him. (laughs) (laughs) How's throwing that shade around? Just like, yeah, if you're not from here, don't bother coming because you ain't going to win. Hey, that locals knowledge does make a big difference because for anyone unfamiliar with the race, it's essentially a 20K, oh, it is a 20K dice. Like there is nothing separating these guys as they come around that final point into Nahoon Beach um, for that finish. And in previous years, we have seen Hank get taken out. We've seen a few more guys get spun around as well. It is always like one wave separating this field. Maka, do you know what to expect this year? What are you expecting from from the racing? That's actually a good point. I've probably been a bit naive to the whole thing. I've just been trying to get myself right. I haven't really been focusing on anyone too much other than myself, which sounds very selfish, but I guess it's where my headspace needs to be. Um, I, yeah, I'm I'm expecting to see Hank um, at the forefront. I'm expecting to see Josh there as well. Matt, I think, is a bit of a surprise package at the moment. Um, I'm, I know that he's exceptional in the ocean. It's where he's grown up and everything. I just haven't seen him in, uh, you know, proper downwind conditions. He's obviously come from a lot of marathon background. The guys down in Cape Town, um, Kenny, obviously, I know he's doing a lot of bike racing at the moment. He did, st- I oh, briefly that spoke photo to him. he posted the other day of him gripping those handlebars. He's looking jacked. Yeah. Like, he is. He, he's, he's in shape. He's looking good, Kenny. Which is not, like, not the typical the typical uh, body of a bike rider by any means. He must turn up, like, looks like Bowser off um, Mario Kart. Just oh, ready. my God. <laughs> we'll have to superimpose that. <laughs> As if he looks like a bike uh. rider. All these guys are just huge in the legs. I mean, he, he does have pretty big legs as well, but big upper body, ready to go. I think he'll be fine. You know, he's a bit like that. Bowser, that's so funny. That's so hectic. He will be ready to go. Hey, Mackle, the women's side of things too is going to be really interesting. Like, yeah, big Kira time. Kira Besta has had that form throughout the year. If she's been able to carry that through, she's going to be right in the mix of things come Australia. Um, I know Mish Byrne will be flying. You know, you've got Milani Van Niekirk. You've got the Hockley girls. Like, there is a lot of paddlers. We mentioned, obviously, we've heard from Nick's before as well. Like, there is a lot of paddlers in South Africa that are going to be raring to go. And they always are at this race too. Um, do you we think, will have a full... Re- oh, go on. Or do you think that the South African women, that the results always seem to be ebbing and flowing compared to what the Australian oh, women are? Oh, big time. Are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, big you, time. I can't pick it, right? And it's not for the fact that I don't think that anyone's capable of winning. I just simply like the results. It's probably like my results. I'm probably the most consistent at being inconsistent. Um, like True. their results are always, you know, very... 
very different um, depending on the course, location, winds, distance. Yeah, it's I just can't pick it. Well, they've got nothing on your consistency, but in terms of those performances, <laughs> you know what? I think that's why they're actually so dangerous when it comes to racing is because in, in, in a word, I think they have X factor. Two words. In yep. a word and a letter, they have X factor. A word, a letter, and a hyphen. Um, because, you know, they, they all have that incredible downwind ability you know yep. and, and and that that is that that much is certain obviously incredible flat water paddlers too with all the marathon racing that a lot of them do but they have that downwind ability that if things kind of click for them on that day if they get into that flow state as we have spoken about Ooh. on the podcast and then things can really happen happen for them so cannot wait to see it all ramp up we're going to have uh, all the results of that on next week's podcast and we are also going to be continuing our build up to the worlds as well the pathway to perth is what we did steal off a paddle australian newsletter that i saw go out at some point a few weeks ago because that one isn't far away either now we have been saying that we're going to start hearing for some athletes who are coming to the world championships this year this guy did catch my eye not only because he posted a new personal best one kilometer split a 337 on the downwind drag race but also because he is a new surf ski paddler too his results in his former sporting career aren't too bad okay okay six olympic appearances three gold medals one bronze a seven-time world champion we are talking about one of the greatest rowers of all times Australian James Tompkins, who has seen the light and now faces forward with his <laughs> eyes up, aware of where Go he's JT. going. He's going to be racing in his first ever ICF Ocean Racing World Championships, and he's absolutely buzzing. We asked him to give us his thoughts on how it's all coming together, and here they are, the great James Tompkins. Hi, James Tompkins here, and I am super excited to be going over to WA over to Perth for the World Championships this year. Um, uh, I've done all the World Championships and Olympic Games in rowing, so this is going to be something completely different. But the really cool thing is that, you know, I can be on the water, we can all be on the water with some of the best paddlers in the world and sharing runs with them and, and chatting on the beach and all that sort of stuff. So I, I can't wait to get over there. I'm going to be super pumped to uh, just get on the water with all these superstars and legends of the sport so um it's going to be a fantastic event it's going to um, tie in beautifully with wa race week the weather's going to be fantastic the wind's going to be up the runs are going to be awesome uh it's not just about the world championships it's about everything else that's going to be on the beach and and all the people around and uh, just the whole fantastic community that is ocean racing so uh quite a bit different from rowing which was all pretty linear and pretty uh pretty straighty 180 this is uh this is going to be awesome and, and can't wait to see everyone over there so make sure you get over there and enter and, and get involved it's going to be um an awesome event and uh one of the other great things is i'm going to be able to call myself a dual international how good can't wait to see everyone over everyone over there see ya hasn't he really quickly become one of the most enthusiastic thirsty paddlers in the world it's it's yeah, he's so good it's just hear. full fit yeah it's amazing right like to have someone of his pedigree step into the world of ocean ski paddling and just love it for everything that it's about is really cool super happy that he's a part of the scene and i think he's even more excited to be a part of it he's got a pretty good coach in his corner too very close friends with Ken Wallace that has actually mentored his entire journey. Kenny, not just an Olympic champion in the K1, but he's also a very, very good surf ski paddler. So cannot wait to see James and everyone else at the Ocean Racing World Championships. Don't forget that you can still get your entries in. It's not too late. In fact, you still have more time to get organized than it took me to get organized for the World Championships last year. That was five days out. I think I booked my flights for the Worlds last year. Probably so. didn't pack some stuff. No, no, Kobe no tent that's there right. For you, Don't look at so the results as to how I go. It's irrelevant. We're there to have fun this year. So head to the website for that event because it is not too late to get your entries in. Maka, before that, I did mention a 3.37 on downwind drag race. Our favorite, most organized group of frothing paddlers who were able to get their shit together and and post Unlike these times we online a few more have caught your eye as well a few more indeed i mean 
I was I was amped, pumped, more pumped than JT himself joining the ocean paddling scene to be able to do a two fifty two the other day, which did put me in third on the yeah, list. It did. Um, that's what which, you came at the world championships last year. As I think well, it was. Maca. Yeah, our third seems to be my spot. Mate. Hopefully, it's not fifth because that's what I seem to be getting recently. Alas, um, two fifty two, which I believe I was um, on the same time as Boyan which has completely just been obliterated uh, and Boyan paddling in the Gibraltar Strait hits a 239, which I can't quite seem to fathom, right? Like oh, there's go gotta, on, Maka, just get it off your chest. We, we are talking about Boyan's Zlatarev from Surf Ski Centre, probably <laughs> the best place in the world to paddle. He has it all set up for holidays and trips and the like that you can go there and have it all sorted for you. Um, I think Mac is about to say that it's not just windy, but it's also tidal. Is that what you're going to say, Mac? Current? Yeah, it's 100% current. Oh, come on. Give the guy his flowers. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm just jealous, actually. In reality, I'm just jealous. I thought I had the best downwind of my life, which it probably was. It was. But looking at, yeah, looking at what the times they're putting forward... I mean, yeah, it's an amazing day. They've picked one of the best days. I know a couple, one or two days previously, they all did it in doubles and had similar times. And he's gone out and posted this. I think it's even more impressive looking at the times surrounding that 2.39. Like he's gone under sub three minutes for four kilometers previously to that and one after. And not just like sub three minutes. He's doing like 240s for all of them. It's unbelievable. Maybe we I should go. Maybe we, we should go. a holiday. Yeah, I was just about to say yeah. that. <laughs> what are we doing? Can we do a race there? That would be amazing. I was actually pretty close to going down there uh, after last year's World oh, Championships. You were. With, there was a crew going. Andrew Bettman, the CEO of Epic, and Simon Trainer from Paddle Australia were, were going down there. And I was going to tag along, but unfortunately, work called. Um, and there, there goes the fastest Damn. split of my life instead. <laughs> um, we will be keeping an eye on Dowin Drag Race. We will be keeping an eye on what is happening around the world. And we certainly will have a lot to say on the next episode about the Pete Marlin this weekend. Good luck to everyone who's racing. Good luck to everyone who is training because we are here. It is November. Mr. November, Corey Hill is oiling up his body, ready for another photo shoot. It is happening, Macca. Until next time, take care and enjoy. Sam and Megan.